When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Bader Show. No Mark Bader today and tomorrow, but I'm filling in. And what a great way to fill in with someone who has had a busy season in 2022. Skylar Grote reached Final X. She won Mateo Pelicone, and she was U.S. Open champion. Skylar, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I got to make sure I got this right. Is it Mateo Pelicone or Pelicona? You were over there. Am I pronouncing it right? Yeah, I think it's Pelicone. I think you got it right. Okay. Let's start with that because you had a, a great tournament there. Went 4-0. and In the finals, you beat a two-time world medalist, senior world medalist. How'd you feel going into that tournament? Yeah, I feel like I was just kind of on a roll. Like, final X didn't go my way, but... Um, you know, I had committed to doing that tournament before Final X. So my coach said, you know, like short-term memory, like we got to, you know, just win the next best thing. And um, so I just had that in my mind. I was like, you know, Final X is over. I can't change that. You know, I'm going to go to Italy and um, I'm going to win that tournament. And that's the next best thing that I could do, can do. And um, yeah, so I was ready for it. You know, I was training really hard. I had a series of tough tournaments and um, I performed really well besides maybe Final X, but even Final X, like I felt I felt good going into it. I feel like I wrestled tough. I made, you know, a couple mistakes that costed me the world team spot. But um, I feel like I've been wrestling well the last couple months. So I was super excited to go, you know, to Italy and wrestle some international girls because I haven't wrestled some international girls in a while. So that was super exciting. And I have to think, though, winning matches like that where you beat high-level competition, that has to really up your confidence level going into the remainder of the season. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I didn't know where um, I was in comparison to, you know, girls from, you know, from other countries. And so I think it was really awesome to go there. And I think I wrestled the 11th-ranked girl at 72 um, from Romania. And then I beat her and I was just like, okay, like, let's just keep climbing. And then I knew I was going to wrestle the German too. And I knew she was ranked second, but I was just like, even before that tournament, I knew that I was, you know, somewhere in the top. Like, I know I'm super tough. I know my defense is really good. Um, I knew that the only weakness that I really had was like my shot recovery. So um, I worked on shot recovery. I worked on getting out of an underhook, getting out of two-on-ones. And, um, you know, that really helped for that tournament, and especially against that German girl because she had like an underhook to a single. And I was able to counter that really well. When you're at international tournaments and you're at a ranking series, is there a different vibe in the arena? Like this matters a little bit more? 
Yeah, yes and no. I feel like I felt more pressure at Final X only because I've come so close to making a world team so many times. So I felt a lot of pressure at that tournament. Um, the international tournaments, I don't know why, but I feel less pressure because I'm just like, you know, it doesn't matter. Nobody knows who I am. I feel like at those tournaments, because I haven't wrestled internationally too much, no one really knows who I am. So I feel a little, you know, less pressure. I kind of feel like an underdog and I like that feeling because I'm like, you know, I'm going to go out there and like show them who Skylar Grow is. Um, but I think that I feel more pressure because it's like Team USA. Um, and there's a lot of pressure to, you know, wrestle well when you're wrestling for the USA because everybody from other countries, they make a huge deal about, you know, USA wrestling. They're like, oh my gosh, you're from the United States. So that's the only pressure I do feel. Um, I feel like I have to represent my country really well. But, you know, that tournament, I was like, you know, I just got to let it fly. Um, and I did. And I had a good performance. So you broke down areas of improvement and you talked about underhooks and some different areas there. And that's where your opponent in Final X and Meet Elor was really good. Did you get that vibe from her when you were out there that she was really skilled in those positions? Yeah, I knew that going into the match that, you know, that was what her game plan was going to be. It was going to tie, you know, tie me up top and wrestle a little more Greco. And, um, you know, I prepared for it and I did the best that I could. And, um, you know, I wrestled her, you know, her game plan. And I think that that's where I went wrong. You know, I wasn't staying in my stance as well as I could have. I wasn't hitting my low single. I was shooting from, you know, way up top in her ties. And, um, you know, that was kind of on me. But now that I have a feel for her, you know, next time that we wrestle, I think it's going to be different. And, you know, I, I think everything happens for a reason. And I think that, um, you know, I needed that to kind of open my eyes to be like, okay, Skylar, you can't, take bad shots from two on ones and underhooks. And I think that it helped me for Italy because like I said, that German, she was just underhooking me and kind of did the same thing. And I was prepared for it that time. So, you know, as long as you um, learn from your losses, you know, you're still winning. So um, I think next time it should go differently. Thinking back to Final X, when we compare it to a ranking series tournament, the pageantry, you're coming out onto that big stage, you're coming through the crowd. Give us a, some insight on what that feels like as a competitor to come out and wrestle in an environment like that. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, Final X New York, it was incredible. You know, I thought they did a great job with the setup. I thought it was really cool how they had us, like, walk down the steps and be, like, spotlighted. That was pretty cool. I felt like the energy in the um, arena or whatever, at theater, it was kind of like a theater, was incredible. Um, I had a lot of people come and watch me and support me because, you know, I'm from Jersey. So that was awesome, too, to have, like, my home crowd there. But, yeah, they did an amazing job. It felt like... It felt special, and I feel like a lot of times at the wrestling tournaments, like the U.S. Open and stuff, like at least this year, like finals weren't really like that big of a deal. And like that environment at Final X, it just seemed like such a big deal, and they made us feel super special, and I loved it. I had a great time. I mean, despite the outcome, it was an awesome experience. Thinking back to how you got there, you won U.S. Open, so that puts you as the one seed. But then at World Team Trials in Coralville, you only had one match. 
did that feel strange to go all the way there for one match and then knowing that in a few weeks you had to wrestle in final X? Yeah, I mean, it kind of stung because, like, I had to make weight the first day, too, to, like, not wrestle. So I had to make weight, weigh in, and then I didn't have to wrestle. And then I had to make weight the next day and then wrestle right away. Um, so, yeah, it was a little odd, but I feel like I'm prepared for all different situations now. It's like I've wrestled on cards before where I only have one match. Um, I've wrestled tournaments where I have – five matches or only two so um nate was just like you know we gotta do like whatever we have to to get to final x like it's gonna stink only having one match so you know the day before we're gonna get um a mat workout in and that's what we did and you know i warmed up mal the day before so i was still on the mat and then got a warm up in before my first match. And I was like up right away too. So the next day, like normally I get a break cause I'm like a heavier weight, but it was like, I weighed in and within, you know, an hour and a half I was, or two hours I was up. Like I was right away. I was like the third match, I think. So, you know, I was prepared for anything though. And I was just super determined to get to final X. So. In 11 days, you're going to go to Tunisia. This will be, a, I think, your sixth tournament of the year. How do you get ready for that going into a, a, another major tournament? Yeah, so in between every tournament this summer, I've had like two weeks. It's like I get home and I have like two weeks to get ready before I leave for the next one. Um, so like I said, I feel like I'm just kind of on a roll at this point and I have a good system going to, you know, get my weight down um, and kind of like taper. Like I get home um, with wrestling, I kind of pick up the intensity for the first week and then, um, you know, I go through, you know, less intense schedule uh, for the second week and then I leave. Um, so I'm kind of, I kind of have like a system now and, you know, I'm super excited. I'm excited to take a break after this one though. Um, I've wrestled so much the last three months, so I'm excited to, you know, push for this last one and hopefully do well. And then, you know, take a little bit of a break. You mentioned your Jersey. Let's just back up into how you got out to the dam RTC in Cor uh, Corvallis, Oregon. How did you make that transition? Why was that the right fit for you? Yeah, so my story is interesting because, I mean, everybody's lives changed during COVID, but I finished my senior year of college online. So I was in Canada and I went to school at Brock University and then COVID hit in March. And so I went back home in Jersey and finished my last year of college all online. And um, I needed to figure out what I was going to do wrestling wise. I was wrestling for LVWC um, during COVID while I was home, but I wanted to further my education somewhere and I wanted to wrestle at the same time. And so I needed to find a place where I could get my master's and wrestle. And I think I like, tweeted out, like, I wish there were, like, more RTC opportunities for women or something. And Nate Engel replied with, like, the hands up, like, the damn RTC is, like, here to, like, support women. And I think Mal and Glade were there at that time. So then I just started talking to Nate about, you know, potentially moving to Oregon. And I took a trip out there to visit, and I loved it. And then I moved out there last July. What is it about Nate Engel? That, that guy's awesome, has a great energy, poised. 
I mean, when you're around him day to day in a training environment, what does he bring out of you? Yeah, he's just super positive and um, I think that he brings out my confidence in me. I think that that's one of my weaknesses. I'm not super confident in my wrestling all the time and he really just encourages me to like believe in myself and I think that that's made all the difference. You know, he was saying to me like, you know, you're one of the best in the world in the beginning of this year and I was like, eh, I don't I don't know if that's true cuz you know, I hadn't wrestled people that were the best in the world, you know, top three in the world yet. And I didn't know where I matched up, but he was just like, no, I'm telling you, like you're one of the best in the world. And so, you know, the more you hear that, those positive words and that encouragement, I think the more you believe in yourself. And I think that we can see that in my wrestling this year, you know, I won US Open for the first time. I won pa senior Pan Ams. Um, so he definitely helps with confidence. And I think he's really good at, coming up with a strategy and helping you work on your strengths. Like he knows, you know, my single leg and my lace are two of my best things. And so we really work on those two things in practice and, you know, just different finishes. I've worked on different finishes with him from my single cause he, you know, I'm going to get to someone's legs, but before I wasn't finishing from everywhere. So, you know, he helped me finish, come up through the middle or go backside or come up to my feet. So, um, yeah, he's just, he's really good at what he does. Skylar, where do you think that lack of confidence, if that's what you want to call it, where do you think that comes from? Where does that originate? Um, you know, I think that a lot of it has to do with just growing up being a female wrestler. Um, I always had to prove myself growing up. I was always, you know, around boys, wrestling boys, um, having parents making negative comments towards me that girls shouldn't wrestle, you know, um, girls aren't this girls aren't that so i'm sure that you know it kind of originated from that environment growing up and just never really thinking that like i was enough um but you know that's something i've really had to work on as an adult just like i just find in wrestling there's just so much pressure to be the best and it's just like oh well if i win this then i'll be enough or you know if i win the us open then i'm good enough and i think that i've had that mentality for so long and this year i finally broke away from that i was like you know it doesn't matter whether i i mean i love to win but it doesn't matter if i win or lose it doesn't change who i am as a person and I think that this year I finally have believed that and accepted that. And my wrestling has actually vastly improved because I no longer put my worth in like wins and losses. But I'm sure it's originated from, you know, just all the adversity I had to face as, you know, a young child. What can what makes you push through those moments when you do hit some of that adversity or you do get some of those negative comments? Yeah, I think that I've had a lot of experience dealing with them. And, um, you know, I work with a sports psych and we talk about like staying on your path. Like sometimes, you know, people or things will try to like pull us off of our path, but we have to keep ourselves on our path. And um, so I've definitely tried to incorporate that in my life when I feel like I'm like kind of coming off of my path, which would be like, believing thing negative things that people are saying or whatever i just kind of have to like bring myself back um and continue on my personal path that works for me my schedule um, my beliefs my values and that's kind of how i bring myself back
your dad wrestled at Cornell University. How was he during your journey and in, in those early years of getting into wrestling? Yeah, so I started wrestling because I saw my dad. I think we talked about this before, but I saw my dad um, wrestling with his buddy in our living room. And I was like five years old. And I said, like, I want to do that. And my parents were like, oh, you're too young to start at five. Um, so we'll wait a couple years. So then they came back to me when I was at, like eight. And they were like, Skylar, you want to wrestle? And I was like, no, I don't want to wrestle. Like, I don't, that was a long time ago. But they they were like, well, we think you'll be good at it. So they signed me up. And they were like, if you don't want to do it after, you know, the first year, you can quit. So that's how I got into it. So um, my dad got me into it. I'm my bro only, like, my only brother on my dad's side actually didn't wrestle. So I feel like my dad, you know, was super excited that he had a kid that wanted to wrestle. And, um you know, my dad's been awesome on my journey. It's awesome to have somebody who understands wrestling and who understands just the toughness of the sport. Um, you know, he gets super excited. I think if you watch any flow video of me, um, you hear my dad screaming, whether he's like by the side of the mat or in the stands, you just hear my father screaming at the top of his lungs. Um, but you know, he, he is a crazy wrestling dad. He used to always try to like get, you know, find his way into my corner. Um, and then about three years ago, I was like, dad, you have to like, you have to stay in the stands. Cause he would just scream right by the side. And I like, couldn't hear my coaches or anything. I'm like, you have to go in the stands. You just have to go in the stands. So now occasionally I'll get like essays before I wrestle about like, you know, the girl I'm going to be wrestling and what I have to do, but it's cute. I know, I know that he, you know, he just wants the best for me. So. Is it helpful to get the essays? Do you read them? Yeah, no, I read them. You know, there's there's some good information in there for sure. Um, but I'm the type of person that I like to focus on me before I compete. I don't really like to know too much about my opponent. I want to know like a couple things, but I find what works best for me is focusing on myself. Um, so that's what I like. But yeah, he just, he just gets super, super excited. Um, he likes to watch me and... You know, it's awesome to have him. It really is awesome to have him. And then your mom, is she the opposite? Is she the calm of the of the two? Yeah, she's definitely she's definitely calmer. You know, she's she's the one I want there. Like if I have a hard loss or something, she's like very comforting and um um yeah, so she's kind of that for me. I mean my dad's comforting too. They've learned to become more and more comforting, whereas um, when I used to, <laughs> I remember one time I lost and my mom was like, Sky, like what happened? And my dad was like, she didn't wrestle. That's what happened. And I was like, no, like you guys have to understand, like I go out there and I wrestle the hardest I can. And sometimes I can't control the outcome. And, you know, they've learned too that, you know, the best approach to handle me is just to be like, you know, she did her best. Cause we do everybody, nobody goes out there to, you know, want to lose. Um, so they, you know, they have grown as wrestling parents as well. And, um, I love them coming, you know, I, they came to Pan Ams with me in Mexico. They were at final X. They tried to come to Italy, um, cause they were at, in France at the time, but the COVID requirements for traveling in Europe were too difficult to figure out. So they didn't make that one, but they've been to every competition this year besides, uh, Italy. So it's really awesome to have them, you know, they're supporting me. And then you're one of seven siblings, is that right? Or you have seven brothers and sisters? I'm the baby of seven, yes. So, so how do they support you? Do they show up to all your stuff? 
my siblings yeah, yeah. I, have, I have my yeah i have my siblings come to my stuff too i mean it's a little difficult because they're all way older than me so they all have you know families and stuff and they're busy with uh their own lives but yeah they, they've come everybody i think has come to you know at least one of my competitions um so yeah it's, you know it's just great to have a big supportive family i absolutely love it Brock University, of course, that's in Canada. As you mentioned, you were a two-time U-Sport National Champion. Paint a picture of what the U-Sport National Championships look like. Yeah, so U-Sports, so in Canada, it's like all universities. They don't really call it college. Like if you go to college, it's like community college. So they call college university, everything's university. So the U-Sport uh, tournament. It's all the universities in Canada that have wrestling. I believe there's like 21 about. So you wrestle your, like I had OUAs and you have to like place top three at OUAs to go to U sport. And then they have, um, I think two other tournaments where you have to take top three in other parts of Canada and then they go to U sport. So your U sport bracket is like nine to 10 people. Um, and it, it the location changes every year. Every school gets to like have it. So my last year was actually at Brock, which was pretty cool. So you're in a bracket of like ten ish people at U Sport, and then yeah, then you wrestle that. So it's I mean it's similar to the women's tournament in the states. Um, I think it's just less people. I think the women's tournament in the states you can have like multiple girls per weight class per school. I don't know if they changed that now that they went to like the NAIA and the NCAA, but it's pretty similar, just less girls, I'd say. What what is the the difference I mean that you've seen in how women's wrestling is viewed in the United States versus Canada? Is there a difference there? Um, well, the women's wrestling you're talking about? Yeah, how just, yeah, just because we're still in kind of that, uh, that infancy period. We have three D1 programs now and kind of building it up. Do you feel like Canada's a little bit ahead of that? I think that Canada was ahead of us originally, but now in the last like five-ish years, I think we're definitely ahead of Canada. And we're just like rapidly growing, whereas I think that Canada is kind of staying like pretty level. Um, whereas in the States, we're just getting more and more programs and more and more girls are wrestling. I mean, it's the fastest growing high school sport in the United States, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I think that the U.S. is doing a great job. You know, we're sanctioning it um, state by state, which I think helps a lot. Actually, in New Jersey, I was one of seven girls to wrestle for the state of New Jersey when I was in high school. And now there's over a thousand and that, that awesome. number is just, yeah. And I mean, it's been a while since I've been in high school, but it's only been about, let me see, I'm 24. Yeah. It's been about six years. So, I mean, for it to go from seven girls to over a thousand in six years, it's, it's pretty incredible. But to see those numbers and to track them, like we both do, that's got to be exciting every time you see a state sanction, every time you see a college ad. I mean, the University of Iowa added women's wrestling first power five. That has to excite you, doesn't it? Oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, so I think someone asked me, they're like, oh, is it like bittersweet? Because it's like I never had those opportunities. Um, and, yeah, of course it's bittersweet, I would say. But it's like 
so much more sweet because, you know, uh, I'm going to have opportunities to be a coach at a D1 school, which I've always, you know, looked forward to. I get to watch like all these young girls not have to go through the struggle that I had to go through. Um, so that's awesome. And then, you know, if I have kids one day um, and I have little girls, they're going to have so much more opportunity. So it's really awesome to watch and it's super exciting. And, you know, it's awesome watching other people get excited about it too. Because I feel like when I was growing up, you know, people weren't really excited about women's wrestling. It was just kind of something I did and people were either indifferent or they didn't like it. So now to actually watch people get excited about it, it's pretty awesome. How about wrestling at Oregon State? I mean, it's such a great support system for the damn RTC with women. Any chance we get it out there? Yeah, I love Oregon State. I love training there. I, I'm hoping that they'll start a program sometime soon. Um, it's just, yeah, I feel like those big schools, we just need a couple more to start biting. And then I really think it's um, going to blow up. You know, like Iowa has it now. It's kind of like, who's next? Um, I kind of hear rumors about, um, I think it was Ohio State starting a program. So um, I'm excited to see what other big wrestling schools start. But I hope we get more, you know, that start because, I mean, and I don't know how long I'll be wrestling for, but I definitely want to coach afterwards. So, and I definitely want to coach at a D1 school. And so I'm hoping I have more options, um, hopefully, you know, on the East Coast, because I think eventually I'll want to come back to the East Coast. But When did you get that coaching bug that that was a route you wanted to take? So during COVID, actually, I never thought I was going to want to coach. I actually thought I was going to want to be a teacher because I really like just like I always helped my friends in classes and stuff. And I, I really enjoyed like really understanding the material and then going and like teaching my classmates. So I thought I wanted to be like a professor. But then I was like, there's no way I can be a professor, like be a professor and wrestle. It was just it would just be too much. Um, and then over COVID, somebody asked me if I could give their son wrestling lessons. And because I had a, a mat in my house. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, I'll give him lessons. And so I started coaching in my basement. And I just, like, fell in love with coaching. And I was just like, this is, like, what I want to do. Um, so I definitely want to coach women on the D1 level, you know, once I'm done wrestling myself. And after I'm done with my master's, that's kind of the plan. Are there conversations you have with Nate Engel and others about coaching and how you get into the game? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have talked to them um, and they, they all know that I want to coach and, you know, they all, they all know that that's what I want to do after I'm done wrestling. Um, but actually we have an Oregon State women's camp August 13th to 14th that we set up. Um, so they've kind of just guided me through the process of, you know, how to set up a camp. Um, you know, I talked to Chris about all the things that I needed to have in line before, you know, we have these girls on campus. Um, so, you know, they're kind of guiding me through the preliminary stages of eventually being a coach. And, you know, I actually love to watch the men's practice. I usually do my own practice and then I come back and like get a lift or a wrestling um, in the afternoon. But then I watch the the men's practice and I watch Chris and I watch Nate coach because 
I actually think you have to like watch other coaches coach in order to be a good coach yourself. And, um, you know, it helps my wrestling. It helps me learn like new moves and I'm actually watching it and then I can do it in my own practice the next morning. But I also like to see how they handle certain situations. And if somebody's not understanding a technique or something, I like to watch, um, you know, how they teach that person. So I've been doing that a lot and I enjoy that. So. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you on the spot. Then Mallory Velti, Alex Glade are two of your teammates. Give us a coaching profile on each of those two athletes. A coaching profile. Yeah, I mean, how they how they respond to different things. I mean, what they like to do, because everyone has a, a different way of, of being coached. So how do they like to be coached? Um, Sure. Well, Glade was out for a while with uh, her knee, so she's just getting back. So I could probably answer it for Mal a little better. But Mal is very technical. She likes to break down techniques, and she likes to – um, work on it over and over and over again. So if she's not getting something, she's just going to drill that one move over and over. I remember she's working on something with her double, but we literally stayed for like 45 minutes after practice and she was just breaking down like every little piece of, of her double for 45 minutes. And so she likes, you know, repetition. And um, I think she... We both like calmness in our corners, you know, and Nate is super calm. You know, we like to be coached in that way. We don't want someone screaming in the corner. We want someone at the break to be like, all right, just like get to your stuff, like relax, you're okay. Um, so we both enjoy that. So, yeah, I would say I would say that's kind of like a coaching profile on her. And then I don't really know much about Glaude's coaching profile yet, but – but on the calm piece, I just watched uh, an interview that Mallory gave with John Kozak with Flow Wrestling. They were out there, but she had some great things to say about just staying calm, staying in the moment. To stay calm, yep. it doesn't just happen. How do you get to the point where you feel calm and just feel in the moment on the mat? Yeah, it's tough, um, especially with like all the excitement and all the distractions going on. I find that I stay calm by kind of replaying like my strategy in my head. I'm just kind of like, okay, I got to win the hand fight, get to a leg, get to my lace. And I just kind of like replay that strategy over and over in my head. And it like brings me back on my path, like I talked about before. Um, so that's how I stay focused. And also I love a quiet corner. I like my coaches in the corner to be super positive, super calm. And um, I feel like they pick up on that. And Nate is really good at adjusting to each athlete and knowing what they want. And, um, you know, he certainly has adjusted to me. Um, he knows that I like to be pushed really hard um, outside of like competition. Like I like to be really pushed in the room and stuff. And I, I need that as an athlete. So, you know, he, he is that, you know, he does that for me and yeah, you know, it's awesome having him as a coach. He's a great coach. And then I enjoy having Chris as a coach too. And Mike Kasoy, it's just, it's just like such a good coaching staff at Oregon state. So we mentioned your ranking series win at the beginning of this interview. Forgot to ask about this 
cool little medal you got, a little shoe. Tell us about that. Oh, yeah. It's right over there, actually. Um, yeah, so they gave us this medal, and it's, it's like a glass shoe. It's actually glass. I, some people were, like, surprised that it was glass, but it's, like, painted glass, um, and they made, like, the little lines on it gold for the gold one. Um, yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I've never gotten a medal like that, and everybody else is like, that's the coolest medal ever. Um, so, yeah, it's actually hanging on. I'll go grab it real fast so you yeah, guys can do. see. Yeah. Get to see a medal in live time. Yes. Yeah, it's so cute, too. They did... The little like UWW logo and then awesome. everything's gold and it's glass. I was so nervous that I was going to break it on my way back, but um, I just wrapped it in some clothes. And then it says ranking series on the back, the name of the tournament. And then it says like your weight class. So pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. I thought at first when I saw it, I thought maybe it was just uh, something soft, but I didn't know it was porcelain like that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's glass. Yeah, it's awesome. They did a great job with it. Super cool. Now, we got to end with this. You were born on December 24th, so, of course, that's the day before Christmas. So how does the birthday Christmas go for you when you celebrate your birthday followed by the Christmas the following day? Yeah, so everybody thinks I get, like, gypped on gifts and stuff because, you know, Christmas Eve and then Christmas Day. But um, I actually see so many people on Christmas Eve. And I, I see so many people that, like, I you wouldn't normally see on your birthday. So I get so many people saying, like, oh, we feel bad for you. Like, you get gypped. And they, like, give me gifts. But, like, I would normally never see that person on my birthday. And they're giving me a gift now because they're seeing me. So I actually do end up with a lot of presents. And, you know, I enjoy it. I like it. Um, I like seeing everybody on my birthday. We go to my mom's friend's house with like 75 people. And then the next day we have like 30 people at my house. So, you know, it's great to spend that time with family. And it's also nice because I'm always home for Christmas. So I'm always going to be home for my birthday. Whereas, you know, wrestling and college and stuff, it's like, I think I was there the whole season except for five days at Christmas. So it's just, it was nice to always be able to go home for my birthday and for Christmas. So that's kind of my, my view on my birthday and Christmas. Skylar, this has been fun. You've had a good year, one more tournament to go, and then we'll see what happens the, the remainder of the year. But I'm going to give you the final word. Any final thoughts before we part ways? No, it was awesome uh, talking to you and, being on the show today. Um, if anybody wants to stay up to date on my wrestling and stuff, um, you can follow me on social media. It's just Sky Grote on basically everything, Twitter, Instagram. So S-K-Y-G-R-O-T-E. All right. That is Skylar Grote. Thanks for joining us. For Mark Bader, who's not here, I'm Kyle Klingman. You have been watching The Bader Show. Thank you.